and gentlemen, welcome to QE Astoria. Please welcome your host of the Pixie Live, Lisa Mantel. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for coming out and fighting this horrific weather. I hate it. It sucks, but it's air conditioned in here, which is great. There's a bar. I hope you all get some amazing drinks and snacks. They sell them there. Enjoy your gushers. Um, brush your teeth 12 times when you get home. And um, so, yeah, so The Bitch Seat is a show about being open and vulnerable about the horrible times of our youth. Uh, <laughs> Which sounds bad, but it's actually a really good thing. And uh, today we have an incredible lineup of people. We've got Elna Baker coming up later in the show. Yes, that's fucking right, This American Life. We have Micah Fox coming up, amazing comedian. Um, Peggy O'Leary, who is so hilarious. And uh, of course, Rebecca Vigil. You'll see her later. You know her. You love her. She's too good for me, but... She's going she's gonna to hit me later for saying that. Um, so today's show, I want to talk a little bit about pets, childhood pets, but not like the cute, fuzzy, warm feelings that we have about them, more like the moments where the pets were really weird or when they were jerks, because <laughs> those are the unsung moments. Those are the everyday moments of pets. I, who here grew up in a house of cats? Okay, cats. What about dogs? Anybody with birds? Yeah. I, I'm a bird person. I come from a bird family. And um, uh, I have a picture of, of some, some of these birds right here. Kent, if you want to show that uh, in just a moment. Uh, their names were Mrs. Perkins and Toby. Mrs. Perkins is on the left being really blurry, and Toby's on the right looking really cute and harmless, but that's a bunch of bullshit. Um, <laughs> Mrs. Perkins, so we got them when we were like in second grade, and we got Perky first, and we got Toby like a year later. And we're surprised to discover that they had babies, which is what male and females do when you put them together. So we had several tiny cockatiels flying around the house and pooping everywhere. It was very adorable. Um, but, you know, there were some moments that, that kind of sucked. Like, uh, when we had Perky, maybe only a couple of months, my mom, we would walk around with the birds on our shoulders. Uh, Kent, can you show the next picture here? Uh, here's, here's me in a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was a nasty little girl. Um, Perky was on my mom's shoulder when my mom walked out uh, of the house and forgot that she was there, and Perky flew off into the woods. Um, and it was devastating, because I was, you know, nine or eight or whatever, and um, I couldn't concentrate on anything. And guess what? Like, two days later, the bird came back. Like, there were sightings of the bird around the neighborhood. The bird came back. We had these birds for 16 years. Yeah. Like, that's a longer lifespan than anything important in my life, pretty much. Um, so, uh, so we're going to have some more. I'm going to ask the guests uh, about some pet things they had when they were growing up. But uh, to begin, I'm going to read, of course, uh, an entry from this journal. I was going to read an entry about the hamsters that we had, but it was a little bit too cute. Uh, we actually got a hamster named Kirby who turned out to be a girl. Uh, and um, like three days after we bought her, she had a litter of six babies. Thanks, pet store. Do not get your pets at a pet store, please. Um, but that's not a fun thing to read a journal about because it's just what you think it is. So I'm going to read a journal about unrequited crushes because that's what we all want to hear about, right? All right. This journal is named Harmony, of course. Uh, this is from October 11th, 
1996. Harmony. My mood is now sinking in deep, swirling, pulsing. The radio soothes my heartache as the emotion in my room sifts through me. This Friday night is new and plays with my feelings. My memories of years past, the tumbling feeling of daydreams, thousands of them playing at my soul all at once. I was 13, by the way. It's so difficult to focus. I'm so tangled up in my overpowering, bold flashes of emotion. I haven't written in ever so long. I'm ever so British. Uh, The days are running together as one everlasting day. One rolls into the next and the next. No time to stop and confess and record my opinions here. But now, on a Friday evening of a three-day weekend, the stories spill out. The first month of this school year has been, I admit, one of the most overwhelming, most confusing, most depressing ones so far. Day in and day out, my sadness massaged me and rivulets of tears were in my eyes and all over my face every night. As usual, I took for granted a most thrilling year. Uh, Seventh grade was positively, unbelievably perfect. Then again, I say that about every year. Perhaps this year will be just as grand. Already I am able to tell that this year will bring many new friends and much popularity. Ha 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 ha. Joke's on me. I'm trying my best to be friendly to people. Starting conversations, saying hi in the halls. People are finally maturing out of their silliness and ignorance. (laughs) High school, just a swift breeze away. Promises for a wonderful freshman year for my class. I mean, it's like I'm giving a speech to a class of students as the principal of that school. A challenge and brandy new scenery will be a terrific change. Excitement is now rumbling in my stomach, just thinking about the new experiences which await me. I'll get to see Mike Thomas, who is somebody who had no idea who I was, who I had a crush on, who was like two years ahead of me. Oh, when I saw him for a split second at the fair, it was thrills and chills all over again. Like an instant replay of seventh grade. Wow. It was then that I realized that I like Mike the most. I swear it's not just a face. I remember last year when I got a double dose of him in the hall. I smiled so hard my face nearly cracked. Could it be love at first sight? Is there such a thing? I, of course, still like Cashin, but since he never reacts to anything, my feelings are now quite dull and numb. When will he come out of his shell? All he is right now is a pretty face and a mystery. I want him to loosen up. Let me see inside his mind. What really is behind those eyes, which sizzle with secrets just waiting to be discovered and explored? It's so sad. I'm dying to know. You just wait and see, world. I'll find who Cashin is. I'll break into his locked mind if it takes me forever. I feel so far away from him, even when I'm sitting right next to him. I know every curve of his face. I have memorized how he walks and how he fidgets and how he chews his pen. (laughs) Oh, if only he knew how much I want him. Well, his withdrawn attitude will not stop me from trying. We'll just see, won't we? All right, that's enough of that. Uh, Oh, thank you. You know, what's crazy is that um, I, had, I had like an unrequited crush on this guy, Cashin, for three whole years, and I just talked about him ad nauseum, and then when my little brother, who's three years younger than me, got to be my age, he fell in love with Cashin's little sister. So, it's a family affair. Um, all right, well, uh, without any further ado, uh, I want to get the stage populated, so give it up for my boyfriend and co-host, Phil. Phil. <laughs> 
Hey guys, what's up, QED? Good to see you. Hi. 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 Um, let, let's get right into it, shall right. we? Yeah. So, so we have some pictures of your pets. Do you want to uh, introduce those? Uh, yes. Uh, but first, bucket hat. But first, bucket hat. <laughs> um. Yeah, my legs were always that nice. Um. Smooth, my cat. Yeah, smooth as a baby's bottom. Still. Yes. I have male, male pattern leg baldness my it's entire, all my no, no, father's... It's not true. His legs father, are perfect. Grandfather. Uh, anyway, whatever. <laughs> so I had... <laughs> and this is the one where like, we have to be real tight with the timing. And this is a, yes. Okay. Um, so I had a cat. His name was Clovis. He was the third Clovis because the first one was sleeping in my crib uh, on top of me. And they were like, no, that's not going to do. So they sent him to cat college, as they told my sister. The second one... He, I don't know what happened to him, but vendettas. He almost killed me. Um, the second one died, had a feline leukemia, which is, he, you know, wouldn't stop fighting. Also, he got lost like 100 miles away and found his way home. That's where he got it. Anyway, I'm getting the light. So the Wait, third I, cat was my cat. I, <laughs> third cat, uh, hit it, cat. This guy. We were still sort of mourning the, the loss of Clovis a few years after we moved into our house in Nutley. So my mom, for her birthday, got Clovis. But... Clovis. Looks like Grumpy Cat from from the the eyes up. Oh, just you wait. So, Clo <laughs> Clovis cats. chose me. Evil cats are uh, evil. He was the chillest, best cat about ten years on. But in the first those ten years, he was a nightmare. He used to bite faces. He'd go after feet. He would. Uh, I would sleep. Oh, I would tell people I would sleep with the covers above my head because the cat would attack me. Uh, really, I was just afraid of the dark. But also, the cat would attack me. Wait, did, Clo did, did Clovis go to cat college or no? No, he, he died because of uh, lead in, 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 in cat food. But he was 15, though. He was 15. Uh, he would hump not, my leg not, at night. Not lead that your family placed in the cat food. But no, I loved him. Uh, and they did, too. He was, uh, he was, my, he was my buddy. But he, uh, he used to hump my leg at night, too. Uh, I'd wake up and I'd feel like somebody biting the back of my leg. And then I'd turn around and I'd see him like trying to hump, but it was more like, it wasn't like a hump, it was more like he just kept trying to put his foot on top and then like falling off. So he couldn't straddle my leg to hump it, but he would just kind of, he would bite the blanket for dear life and, and try to like get something going, but then I'd just smack him and he'd run away. And this happened at least three times a night um, for the duration of uh, the time I, I knew him. And also when I'd leave the house and stay out, he would uh, pee on my clothes in the laundry room. So all my jeans and T-shirts smelled like cat pee. See, so, 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 and none of those things were bad enough to send that cat away, but no. the previous one Tried was sent to kill away. me. This one was biting people's faces. Well, my face, but it, it's my cat. So it's your, your fault, bad training? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, bad training, but also he, you know, we had more moments that outweighed the bad moments. Like he, he was the only cat that like would lick me. Like he, he would come up and like lick my face. He was manipulating you. Yeah, he was manipulating. But that was our relationship. I think Clovis was, was, was very uh, attracted to me. I believe he was a... <laughs> I believe he was a homosexual cat and there's nothing wrong with it because for the longest time, he was, you know, one of, my, one of my best friends, so... I told you... I think I told you that my very heterosexual birds, after they were... <laughs> okay. 
Yeah. So they would have sex. I mean, which is weird because like you don't really see anything going on. The male hops on top of the female and they make some squeaky noises and then the male hops off. But Toby who was trained to sing a number of different tunes that he would get all confused and mucked, mucked up together. Um, and he would, when he hopped off of Perky's back, would start whistling, I shit you not, here comes the bride. <laughs> um, Clovis wouldn't do that, but you know... <laughs> He also was recipient of uh, cat adjustments because my father, being a chiropractor, knew how to adjust his neck. And he was very calm. And he, he allowed it. And he was also like, he, he had a good bone structure. The, the cat? Sure, sure. Because of, because of adjustments. Cats have better bone structures than all of us. They really do. It's very, but you know, unfortunately, some, some companies see fit to uh, put lead in the cat food. Um, so, fuck you, company, whatever. You can spend your whole life. Uh, avenging I can all three Clovis's deaths. and I have buy uh, Ellen DeGeneres's uh, pet food because apparently it's it's nice yeah oh, that's, that's a nice plug yeah yeah I, I like her do you have any uh, any you have one more yes uh, do you, I do you let's see oh yeah Aww. that's me sleeping that's my brother and then behind us oh is, you're the one whose chi- whose neck is on is on display yes yes okay Um, that's when I had one and so that was uh <laughs> That's that's Clovis, and behind him is Jesse, who is Nikki's dog, um, and she was kind of, she was nice. I liked her, but we she she wasn't my pet. Like she she and I we got along, but then there were times when uh, when she was new, she like stole the pizza off my off the table when I walked. Oh, away. so you were sworn enemies? We weren't sworn enemies. We were just like, okay, enough. I'll pet you, but I don't like you. I like You're not Clovis. an equal opportunity pet lover. No, not even to this day with the new cat, Kitty. Kitty. My parents named her Kitty. Kitty Kitty is a Siamese cat, and she is a horrible bitch, by she's the way. So she fucking nasty. nasty. My cat, my, 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 our new dog, Sophie, pees herself at night because she can't go downstairs because when she goes downstairs, the cat's waiting for her <laughs> to, to, like, nip at her legs. She, she's an angry laugh Kitty's cat. a fucking bitch. Anyway, uh, I'm sorry. Anyway, let's, uh, yeah. let's get this show on the road, shall we? Yes. Um, so, um, no, that's yours, isn't it? Oh, make yourself comfortable, please. Um, so, uh, yes. Uh, our first guest, uh, you may know her from the podcast, uh, Hard, Lonely, and Vicious. Uh, she's big about uh, cave comedy radio at the Creek in the Cave. She's an awesome comedian. Give it up for Peggy O'Leary. Or don't, because I don't see her. No? Or not. I queued that up perfectly, too. I know you did. I love it. Well, you know what? Let's, let's, let's move on to, let's, let's move on and see what happens. All right. Cool. All right. Great. Awesome. You're going to be up in just a minute. So we'll see. We'll, we'll check back in and see and see if Peggy pops in. But for now, uh, let us bring up this woman who writes for some e-cards, which has saved my life on a number of occasions. Oh, wait. Are you here? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Peggy O'Leary. Same jacket. You do? Same color. What jacket is awesome. Um, I don't write for some ink cards, guys. I was the, that was oh, no, you missed person. your... I gave you a great intro. Oh, you did? I did. Oh, and then, can and you then redo you, it? 
I'm so sorry. I got stuck in the rain and the train. It's fine. It's fine. It's totally. You're here now. I'm so I'm excited. Here. This is so fun. Yeah, that jacket is rad. Thank you. So we were, you know, kicking off conversations by talking about pet, uh, pet things when we were little. Like if you had a pet situation, yours or somebody else's, of a pet that was either a jerk or a weirdo. Well, I never had pets because my dad claims that the dog Irish that they bought for his. Uh, for Father's Day. My dad hates animals, and my mom, I think, and him were in a fight on Father's Day. So she was like, took all the kids. I'm the youngest of six, took all the kids mm-hmm. and was like, let's get daddy a dog. <laughs> and uh, they brought it home, and they were really excited. I was like a newborn, and my dad, my mom walked in, and he was slapping the dog. Um, and she was like, what are you doing? I mean, there's, you can hate something, but like, this is animal cr- cruelty. He's like, it was biting Peggy's finger. And was he, it? No. He totally was just beating this animal. Oh, no. Don't get weirded out, okay? He probably was trying to bite me. I mean, maybe he did, but I don't, I don't, I don't think. I mean, it's, even if it was like a little dog was just probably looking at it. It's just my dad was so violently scared of dogs. He was just like, it's going to eat the child. Oh, your, your dad was scared of animals. Oh, yeah. That's what all insecurity is, right? That's all hatred. I mean, yes, yes. That's, that's a very evolved right? response to it, yes. Um, so all hate and insecurity is just because you, Right. I think so. Okay. I'm agreeing with you here. Or he's a monster. I don't know. <laughs> I'm hoping he's not. But so how long? How long did that dog stay around before the dog was uh, kicked I don't out? Even think a month. Oh, poor yeah. guy. And then well, we had a lot of fish. Did they get flushed down the toilet? Oh, no, because my mom talked to them like they lived for a really long time. Because my mom just talked to them and would be like, "Hi guys, how are we?" And like she swore it like recognized her, but like we couldn't explain to her like it's just because you feed him. Um, <laughs> that's that's how I am with my plants, though. Yeah, yeah, I talk. So you to get them. it. You're crazy. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's right. Mm-hmm. That, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Perfect. Um, so I want to jump right in and bring up this this artifact that you sent me, which I think is really interesting, and I do not understand. So Kent, if you could I, hit this picture, <laughs> um, you are here on the right, right? I'm on the right. Yeah. Um, has does anyone have old timey photos? I I think it's funny that you think this is so crazy. If you grew up in Jersey, this is, everybody has yeah. one. <laughs> like, I have a few, like, of all my ages. Where, where do you go to do these? Ocean City Boardwalk or Wildwood Boardwalk or any white trash area. Yeah. <laughs> if something is, like, if there's funnel cake being sold, there's, like, an old guy who has, like, a weird old-timey gun. And he's like, little lady's getting this saloon outfit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the carnival starter pack. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Um, but that is my best friend. We, I mean, uh, my best friend, Erin Doyle, she's the greatest. And I am, like, so blonde. Uh, so when everyone's like, you're a fake blonde, I'm like, I was that blonde for a long uh, here's time. Your evi- here's the evidence. You evidence. should carry it around in your wallet and show them. I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually thought you were going to think the weird Mormon family portrait was weird. Oh, we're going to show that, too. Okay, cool. Well, we'll get there, yeah. Well, cool. yeah, let's let's show that. Let's show that, too. That's, well, that's oh. me and my sister, Katie. I wanted to show how chubby I used to be. I think I was probably five. No, I like eight, but I you remind me of like a 1950s advertisement for like um, Weight Watchers. No, <laughs> no, for some, for like balloons or something. I just think you're adorable. No, it feels like the same thing. Uh, <laughs> you're just looking for insults. Stop it. This is so. This is my family, and I like how my mom looks like 80s business rocking woman, and then the rest of us look like Mormons. Like, well. To be honest, when you sent me this photo and you said the Mormon family is my family, I was like, oh, wow, maybe Peggy was raised Mormon. I didn't even <laughs> know. And I, but I'm like, I'm looking off to the side. Like, someone get me out of here. I'm the youngest. She's obviously. the super tiny one. 
So um, that was the tiniest I've ever been. I'm still hoping to go back. Uh, <laughs> like everybody in this picture has fantastic hair. Right? Well, we do have, my family has pretty great hair. My dad has the best hair. It is, um, I don't know if you know who Tommy Pope is. He's a comic. Mm -hmm. But he shot, I, I grew up at a funeral home. God bless you, cough. I don't know what that was. Um, Wait, you grew up in a funeral, funeral home? home? So this is in the funeral home. I like to always joke that like I could see a ghost and that's why I'm so scared and nobody else they they were all so used to it but I was like that there's a ghost. So was your was your home in your home did you all love or hate Six Feet Under? Did you watch it or no? We weren't allowed to watch it. Uh, I mean we were all adults. Uh, like I was I think in grade school but my dad was very against it. He was like it's a sacred place. You shouldn't be like making fun of it and being crazy. Like, he's just kind of over the top. Like, he's like, it's my vocation. I'm like, can you stop being so Catholic? Um, <laughs> but, so, we never watched it. I've seen a few episodes. It's really, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's my mom uh, watched it once, I think, like, in spite of my dad. Like, it was mm -hmm. just like, I love this show, Six Feet Under. Um, <laughs> So yeah, they have a great relationship. <laughs> did you uh, did you ever walk in on on him like embalming or any of that stuff? Yeah, of course. Oh, cool. Yeah. Did you were you or allowed not. to just walk in and like watch that process? Was that part um, of your no, childhood? No, I mean again, they like took it like very serious. Like so, they weren't just like yo six year old go hang out with the dead naked <laughs> bodies. It just would sort of happen accidentally because um, so how the funeral? It's a four. It's like the basement. So when you okay, so when you drive up to my house, you when you pull in, you go down a little hill. And when you walk in the back, that's actually the basement. And that's the showroom, which is where all the caskets are. There's a little sitting area, and then there's bathrooms, an elevator, and then there's an office in the back. And then um, a little nook that is just full of candy, because my mom, mom always just supplied it yeah. with candy. Like my grandma do. did that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then, then the uh, morgue was right next to it, and then the garage was attached to the morgue. So a lot of times it would be like, uh, we would keep like waters or sodas in the garage, so it, when you were little, it would just be like, someone would be like, go grab a case of water. So we just like run through the morgue. Oh, and, God. And just, you know, having to see a little, little Irishman's dick. You know, just to keep it. <laughs> I didn't like seek it. It just like found me, you know? It, it sought you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but I have to ask because it's such a foreign concept to me. Mm -hmm. What was your was what was as the, all the kids what was your general feeling about it did you make fun of that living situation or because it was normal for you or were you scared of it did it give you nightmares well i think um so my mom was pregnant with my th my third oldest sister beth so the rest of us grew up like beth colleen tommy and peggy we all that's all we knew Megan and Katie always would say, like, the first couple months were weird, but not even because of the funeral. They were too little to understand what the funeral was. It just was, like, a big, weird house that they mm -hmm. had never been in. Um, I don't remember being scared until the day I realized what was happening. And how old were you when that happened? Seven. Okay. And I rem and, and so then I always got, like, a little scared of the dark, and I had, like, trouble, like, sleeping. Um, so... And I, like, had all this, like, obsession with, like, I'm going to die, my parents are going to die, everyone's going to die. Um, you know, comedy stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, but so I think we all probably had phases of, like, you know what's funny? We never talk about it. I just did a podcast and we talked about this. And they're like, well, how, how do you feel? I'm like, well, I have anxiety. I'm depressed. So I, don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I guess it's affected me. But then again, uh, uh, 
my other siblings are like super cool and fine with it. Like they work there and we've never sat around and talked about it. I just think that I thought about it a lot more. I also like went to school for like writing and film and so you eventually like So you're investigating. Yeah, I was yeah. Yeah. Um like I showed them a movie I made of like about it and they were like, "Did you really feel like that?" And I was like, "Did you guys not?" <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't know, it's just like home. And you're like, is it? <laughs> but it's funny, it was like the party house because there were six of us. My mom like loved having kids around. So And all goldfish. Of my, yeah, yeah, and goldfish. So yeah. we all, like we were the house everyone went to. Like I like all my friends, like we still say, like if I'm coming home to Philly, people are like, should we meet at the funeral home? Like it's just where what? we all meet. It's it's like it's like the peach pit. Yeah, kind it's of the cool. Yeah, my mom was just like always making us burgers, and we well, were just see, getting drunk. And that the sounds home. like I mean that sounds like a kind of classic like uh, Catholic household. Like Phil's house is like that, but there isn't also a Morgan Phil's house. No, no. But there was a point when we knew that there was a body somewhere, not in the house. <laughs> Not in the house. In the walls, yeah. They're probably yeah. in the walls. Yeah, yeah. Well, they all, Phil, Phil also owns some other, pro- his family owns some other properties that might, may or may not have bodies. Money in the walls? In the no. walls, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. Know. Money. Money. Not, not, uh, it's like the, the, the banana stand. We have, we have one of those. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, nothing with, nothing with death, but we were, I mean, our, my town, everybody knew the, the, the guy who had the funeral home. Yeah. And so everybody knew him and everybody loved him and he like, knew so many families clearly because they would just bring their dead bodies to him and he would make them look nice. And yeah. 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 I mean like it's weirdly like a politician's job. Yeah. Like I never realized until I was younger, but like us like matchy it stuff wasn't like politics. that. Yeah. It's politics. It's like my mom, as much as my mom didn't do like she never worked. We always joke now, like she got him more business than anyone because she would just like, you know, parade the six kids in matching outfits around. And I'm like, look at the O'Leary's. Aren't they so cute? Let's bury our dead with them. <laughs> <laughs> so, but again, she really, I mean, my mom is in fucking 80s business sharp and we're like terrible Rock, outfits. Rockwell, Rockwell family. It's a Norman Rockwell family. I guess with like, the mom just went a little crazy. <laughs> well, uh, to be honest, I mean, I, I'm super fascinated about it. You, so you said you made a movie ab- about it. Yeah, like a short film in uh, film school. Yeah, I want to check it out. Yeah, I mean, it was a film school. <laughs> yeah. Well, Peggy, um, on every sh- on every episode, I give away some gifts to my um, guests. Uh, by gifts, I use the term loosely because it's like stuff from my childhood home that is still in my childhood home that I never got rid of because that house is still as it is and... We're not hoarders, we're collectors. Mm-hmm. Um, so There was um, a time when that was a real thing, okay? Well, you know, well never mind. Um, so here, here in this Delia's box, uh, I have for you a troll doll. I had, this is so exciting. I had so many troll dolls. Yeah, me too. And this is like the weird, like, it's kind of like the off-brand troll. Like, you know, it has... Yeah, it looks like one leg's longer than the other. Yeah, and it's like, its face is like a little bit creepier and paler than the other ones, but I'm sure it's just as magical. This is so crazy someone thought of this and made so much money. I, I don't understand. I don't this understand. Is totally someone really high being like, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I need a new toy idea. <laughs> yeah, Phil, we have a future in troll production. Oh, yeah. Well, I used to sell trolls at my grandfather's store. I'm sure you did. Of course we did. Yeah. We sold everything there. Anyway, but yeah. That's, anyway, uh, so enjoy it. You can throw it away if you want to. Never. You can use it as your mascot. I don't care. But, I love um, it. But, but thank you so much for coming on thank and sharing this. Thank you guys this. so much. Thank I'm sorry so I was much. so late. Yeah. Oh, no thank you. I'm so, you popped in at just the right moment. Peggy O'Leary, you guys. 
Um, I, I, so I, I put out the ask. Um, how's everybody doing, by the way? Are you good? Yeah. Good. Please keep drinking. Support the bar. Support this space. We yeah. love it. Um, I, I, I put out an ask for people to send me one-line stories about pets who are weird or jerks. And um, so I want to read one of them right now. Great. Um, this is from actually uh, our friend Giancarlo, who happens to be the cameraman at this show. He said, I had one job to watch the birthday cake and I failed and then the kitten climbed into the cake. <laughs> I said, that's the most adorable mishap ever. And he said, we still ate the cake. But was it a chocolate cat? Okay. Um, cool. Yes. Shall we? Uh, absolutely. Oh, do you have a, you want to tell the hamster story? Hamster story? All right, fine. My mother... She um, she oversaw a litter, a litter, a litter of little hamster babies with a hamster mother, and one of them, because you know they're all they're everywhere and they're when they're young, it fell out of the little thing, and so she picked it up and put it back in, and the uh, the hamster mother because she couldn't recognize the scent of they my all know where this is going <laughs> and ate the hamster baby she ate the hamster. This is now a horror show. Well, I didn't tell you the one about my father and the rabbit, but we'll they'll say that for the next one. Save he, it. He dropped it. It fell on its face and died. Anyway. No! Sorry. Sorry. Uh, can't edit that how out. Did, how did we have pets for 15 years? How did, how did we do that? I don't know. You know, when I when I was at... Adjustments. My best friend Allison's house, um, where I hung out a lot, they had... Uh, ger- they always had gerbils. They always had a million pets, but they had gerbils. And I was holding one of the gerbils, and it... You know, they're like squirrely little guys, and it's it's jumped out of my hand and it ran away and while we were looking around the bedroom for it moving furniture out of the way uh, i squashed the hamster behind a dresser i mean the gerbil yes i i i have Uh, blood on my hands how could you say that with a smile it this isn't a smile it's the it's the opposite yeah yeah, it's the get me out of here (laughs) yeah yeah all right all right well on that note let's go to our next guest our next guest Writes for some e-cards, and, uh, which I love. And she was a, a contributor on SNL briefly. She is a hilarious comedian. Give it up for Micah Fox. Hello. 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 Oh, my goodness. I'm already loving this here. It's very it's, Lisa Frank. Oh, it's so embarrassing. Oh, it's great. Uh, I'm I'm already like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> that's that, having to research for this show. That actually makes me feel kind of good. Does it? <laughs> that means I've done my job well. If it's not a challenge for you, then you know. Oh, this is a misery. Oh. Hi. <laughs> Happy um, to be here. Uh, quick stories about pets who were weird or jerks. Uh, we were weird or jerks. The pets were nice. Oh, got you. It was the humans that were weird or jerks. Yeah, we had two dogs, Peaches and Poppy, and um. <laughs> They were outdoor dogs because we couldn't train them. So, and that's pretty cruel because I'm from Scottsdale, Arizona. So it was just like real hot. Oh, no. You know, and then they lose all their fur. I mean, they were covered in ticks. So (laughs) it was kind of like, you know, how could you tell? And uh, (laughs) like one of our one of our childhood chores was to pick the ticks off peaches and poppy. Oh, that's That's, a a fun family ritual. That's real. And then uh, one year we all went to summer camp and came home and the dogs were just not there. And uh, I think that was best for everybody. <laughs> Do you, did you ever find out where they went? 
Oh, you know, I, nope. <laughs> you were nope. like, well, good riddance. They're on to something better now. Yeah. I mean, like, it was sad. We made a big deal. Like, you could have told us you're going to get rid of the dogs. But also, everyone was just like, thank God we never have to pet those dogs again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Less tick picking for you. We became a cat family. <laughs> was that any better? Uh, well, yeah. No, I had a cat that was, like, mean to everyone. And everyone blamed me for it. And then <laughs> because I was the one with the cat. Peaches and Poppy were my siblings' pets. Mm-hmm. And I had the cat. And the cat was real mean. And nobody liked it. And that I was the black sheep of the family. So everyone's like, haha, isn't that funny? Uh, like, you know, because like pets are supposed to be like their owner. And then, you know, but I was five when I got it. So I probably tortured it. And, uh, <laughs> and then my siblings got cats after the whole dog fiasco. And they were like just lovely animals. So fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think cats are all vindictive creatures, to be honest. I don't blame they're you. They're not so bad. Some Sometimes they're not so bad. And then for the most part, they're really that bad. I mean, we had to handle mine with oven mitts, so. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, let's, um, uh, we have a couple of pictures from you that we're going to uh, show to put this in context of, of the Micah of Days of Yore. If we could see one of these here. This You're, is senior of high school. I'm on the, I'm on the um, right. Yeah. I'm, Those boobs are, don't exist anymore. No, but dude, I think I owned that T-shirt. Yeah, like uh, I made it. Yeah, I was gonna say weather vane, but oh, you know, sorry, close. I, yeah. you know, we almost had the moment. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, and the hair with like the two strips here. Did you wear it like that to prom? Did you go to prom? I I did go to prom. I did not wear it like that. I had spikes coming out of my head. Oh, amazing! It was like a weird bun with spikes. It was um, not cute. <laughs> I was, was not a, cute. Was it a rebellion? Nope. Of sorts. Nope. No? Nope, just not good at looking nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, let's uh, let's show the next, shall we? I love this. How embarrassing is this? No, it's great. You're posing and oh, like it's so bad. It's very. I, did you get this from like seeing a Britney Spears video and trying to mimic it? That's the right era, um, but I I don't know. I think like my friend was like, yeah, do this. It'll be such a great picture, and I was like, I trust you because you're pretty. <laughs> where is it do you remember this is in manhattan somewhere yeah it, lo- it kind of looks like a subway platform right um no it's great very very casual very Thank effortless you. yeah right yeah i'm looking down i don't know the camera's there <laughs> all right you see the next one kent uh, no. i love it <laughs> listen we've all been there i love you know to say i'm a real beauty uh, <laughs> it's like please stop um <laughs> Yeah, this is not that long ago. I don't know. <laughs> no, this is about, I don't know, like, I want to say 2007, something like that, 2008. It just, it, it really, it's, I feel like everybody has at least one picture like this mm-hmm. in their personal stash, like, yeah. just like this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you zoom in, it just gets better. <laughs> I don't know if we're able to do can that. Can we zoom in? Can we zoom? Oh, yes, yes we can. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 cro- the, the, the choice for cross eyes is... Uh, <laughs> clutch all right that, i feel bad i feel like we're shaming you let's yeah. not do that anymore i mean i you know i was that you, whatever um, no but whatever we I, all were hey how many people had a picture like that in their in their yes thank yes. you yes myspace yes where you put them see there's a reason why i'm glad that i'm old enough that all of my private thoughts were were in a on paper and not on myspace I never had a MySpace. Oh, my God. After reading this, I'm like, I swear to God, if anyone else gets their hands on this, I will just 
turn into dust. <laughs> well, well, can we, would you like to read some? I mean, not would you like, you're going to. I'm going to. Um, <laughs> no choice. But, um, you, but you can choose w- uh, whichever bit you would like. Okay, so um, there's there's so many, ter- there's only three things. This is um, age 13 mm-hmm. to 18. So it's like really prime years for mm-hmm. embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Um, the best. And there's only three themes in this. And the one is that I really want to be a writer and it's just terrible writing the entire way through. <laughs> uh, so that's just humiliating. Um, like I read it today. I was like, oh, I am a terrible writer now. <laughs> um, one of them. And then I'm just completely boy crazy. There's like mm-hmm. maybe 30 boys names all listed mm-hmm. 50 times each um yeah oh, you're super half them turn out gay and i realize it over the course of the oh. book oh, no. it's, so, <laughs> it's so bad there's like a romance where one guy's like uh i only said i was bi to scare off that girl do you believe me i'm not gay and i'm like i don't care i don't know um <laughs> but I, i'm not gonna read that i want to read uh oh can i hold something for you see oh there's like so no. many artifacts in here that's a flower from a secret admirer i got i never found out who it was i think it might have been my dad um okay so in addition to these things i was i was terrible at making and keeping friends um just as like a general rule until some point in my 20s i kind of like realized that i don't need any friends um <laughs> Oh, I think I do need that. Okay. Yes. So, um, so this is the dated uh, October 6th, 1994. I am 13 years old. Uh, maybe I'm in seventh grade. Maybe I'm 12 years old. Oh, man. Yeah, fuck that flower. No, save the flower. Okay. Um, where'd it go? Okay. I like my new group of friends. We've been friends since April. We formed a club called the Midnight Club. It consists of Leslie, Becky, Laura, Chrissy, Stephanie, and me. Our meetings are slumber parties. We play Ouija, light as a feather, stiff as a board, tarot cards, and ghost stories. Um, okay. And then, and I, they sent me an invitation to be part of this group of friends. It was the best, maybe the best day of my life. <laughs> Dearest friend. <laughs> so it's a chain letter. Ugh. You have been selected as one of the five <laughs> lucky members to take place in the Midnight Club. The members include Chrissy Stewart, Rebecca Nelson, Micah Fox, Laura Graham, in parentheses, Plantish, I guess her parents were separating, and Leslie Robin. Uh, if you are included in this list, you know, just in case someone else got a hold of this, you will be able to, to participate in a club which does activities such as, and then all the shit I mentioned, um, plus watching Beavis and Butthead have to eat popcorn. <laughs> and the most important port part, tell stories. For every meeting, you should try to prepare a story, fantasy, whatever. This is very, we were very great. Um, our first meeting will be Friday the 13th, 1994. Nice, nice. Um, if you are able to come or think you can hold it at your house, call this number. Okay. So I am so excited. I am part of the coolest group ever. Okay. Was now this new for you? The, uh, the, new, the group thing? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd always had groups of friends and um, they always dump me. So like this has happened multiple times at this point. So I'm very excited to have this group of friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's go to less than six months later. Jennifer, uh, March 28th, 1995. Okay. I have never broken a year of being with a particular group of friends. 
I guess things weren't working out, so they gave me a note saying they didn't like me anymore. Oh, God! Um, there was a good 10-year period of my life where I had this note memorized. Well, that's traumatizing for you. I think the worst part about this note is that it is better written than anything else in this diary. <laughs> You that, is, that is the heartbreaking part of all of this. Oh, um, you don't have to read it if you don't want to. I, we support really, you. Really? Okay, bye, guys. <laughs> all right. Um, come see me at the next show. In six months. You, you, can, you can come back and then oh, we'll... All right. Well, you guys won't let me on the show. I know. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. It's written in pencil. All right. Micah, lately our friendship with you has had its ups and downs. Mostly downs. (laughs) We've given you a few chances, but we've decided that you make us uncomfortable around you. And we don't like spending time with you. We're sorry, but we don't want you to be with us anymore. It's better to end this now than to continue something that makes us miserable and we know won't last. (gasps) It's like an amazing dumping, right? Like I had five boyfriends. um, And they all were like, and oh, oh, last sentence, we all feel this way. Oh, God! And then they sign it, love. (laughs) Fuck those kids. Or adults now, Judas. whatever they are. Just Judas. Um, yeah. Five of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They all went on to have great careers. One of them works at Comedy Central and books it. It's a real gas. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're doing great. You're doing really well for yourself. Thank you. You are. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, at least this is in your past. Uh-huh. I was actually um, anonymously bullied by text this week by somebody who is apparently my age. I'm 33. Yikes. Um, so not, not about the age. <laughs> no, 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 yikes. I, I, fuck the haters, man. I, I um, have a really good gift for you uh, as a reward for this. I swear to God, if it's a no. It's no, it's not. It's not a no. It's for, it is a P, it is. It was in my room, and it is a piece of a set from um, high school theater. Yes. And um, it's just like a, a piece of wood, and it says on it, I am one lucky fuck. Yeah! And it is for you. So let, let that be your priceless reward for sharing this embarrassing Amazing. Thing. What show was this from? I think Anything Goes. Um, I had a great time on that show. Probably part of the boat. Um, thank you so much. Um, I Listen, you have so much in there. I would love to have you on another time to read more of it, if you're game. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing it, Micah. Micah Fox, everybody. Give it up. Yeah. Thank you. All right. All right. Um, in one moment, I'm going to call up Miss uh, Rebecca Vigil and the amazing Dan Wrights, but first I'm going to read another um, submission from a person about a pet. Uh, this is from uh, Amelia, who is my roommate. Uh, and it says, I found a salamander whom I named Sally in our driveway in Connecticut and fed her ferns, which made her sick. So we let her free. 
Um, I think uh, you said you didn't have any other pets growing up, right? No, but you wanted one really bad. We got my first pet my senior year of college. Well, she's still with us, and you can see her in pet On Tuesday. Tuesday That's right. That's right. Um, anyway, uh, I like to collect salamanders when I was in Florida. I don't know about you, but they're, uh, they're really cute. All over the animal kingdom in Disney. Yeah. Um, and you were the king of the salamanders. No, well, I, I, I kind of felt like their uh, uh, passive protector because I did nothing, but I would watch and just shake my head as the, like those fucking the little European kids just grab them and squeeze them and throw them. Yeah, that happened at least three or four times in the same day in the same area of the park, and that's a big park. Did you fight back? What am I gonna do? I was with my folks. I was going. I was. I was in line to go see Dinosaur, which is a horrible ride. Was that, it really worth the death of all those salamanders? What, did, what was I supposed to do? You want me to apologize for uh, the, the salad? There's really no pun. Is there a pun for a salamander? Salamandable kingdom? No. Whatever. No. Fuck all right. It. That's enough of this nonsense. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> certainly nonsense. I'm going to bring up this uh, amazing woman. She is so incredible. Uh, she's, she's got a show called uh, Your Love, Our Musical. Uh, give it up for Rebecca Vigil. <laughs> and the keyboardist, amazing company, Miss Dan Wrights. Yeah. 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 jellies. I am wearing You're jellies. Wearing All right. Thank you, Colton. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Nice to see you. Get up for Listen and Phil, everybody. <laughs> this is Dan Wrights. He's my right-hand man. Um, for those of you who've never seen me before, which is probably most of you, um, I thank you, ma'am. I um, I thank you again. I appreciate. She's really nailing the laughter, and y'all really need to pick it on up. You need to pick it up. No, you're doing great. And she's got her outfit on fleek. Right? Is that a word? We're doing that. We're doing the fleek. Good. No. Yes. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, what is your name? Lenore, Lenore, and uh, is your style? How long has your style been so on point? Like how long? <laughs> as long as I didn't leave, have to leave my house to shop, that is when I've been on fleek. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm loving this using the on fleek. I'm 31, and so I'm really trying to hold on to the door jam of cool. Like it's like pulling me. I like the poltergeist. I can't, I can't. Um, so what do you do for a living, Elna? Elna? Lenore. Lenore. <laughs> All right. Do you really? Wait, your body paint, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. So I paint naked people for a living. So that could mean one of two things, right? You could have a canvas and paint, no, you paint naked bodies. Okay, well, I, you're, you're very attractive, and I appreciate it, but um, I'm seeing someone. Um, no, uh, but you can paint him too, shit. My man's 6'7", girl. My man's 6'7", y'all need a ladder, baby. Yeah, you got a lot of paint? Shit. I got a lot of ass. Are we flirting? I feel like we are flirting right now. I hope so. Let's do a little sexy song for Lenore here. So what I was saying is, is what I do is I make up music because I can't be bothered to write it. Um, and uh, 
Uh, and I normally do it about us in the room, because this is, you know, we're here, we're doing it. Hi. Hello. Photo. Okay, skinny arm. Oh, no, okay. Um, I can't ignore. Y'all know, gonna rhyme that with Lenore. I could do this for like four hours. <laughs> How much time? We got five more minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Libby. Give it up for Libby Phillips, everybody. Yeah. Holding it down. Holding it down. Uh, okay, another, like the craziest body paint. I painted a woman as like a haunted house. Whoa. <laughs> you have pictures? Oh, shit. I wish we could pop it up here. Um, okay, so you painted a naked body as a haunted house. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. <laughs> Dan writes, everybody. second floor there are only two Ah! 
and body painter and she can do anything and please hire her. Her name is Lenore Koppelman. Yeah, she is great. Not at all. Not at all. She did the makeup for this uh, short film we did called You Only Die Once. The writer of whom is also in the house. And director and star and general awesome person. Yeah, yeah. It's a room full of badasses. Yeah, seriously. Um, Great crowd. uh, So what do we got? What are we doing now? So... so, to, I guess variations on a theme, this didn't only happen to me or you. Uh, my friend David Lawson, also a storyteller, comedian who is rad, said, My friend Mark came back from vacation and one hamster had brutally murdered and half-eaten the other hamster. So, oh boy. We gotta, we gotta change it up. Uh, wait, I have another one. This is from Giancarlo's dad, Fabio. <laughs> said, My dog, Pom Pom, held it all day because we had a very busy day on Carnival Cruise Line. Oh, no. And finally, when we took Pom Pom up on the deck to walk while going through the grand ballroom, the floodgates opened and Pom Pom delivered his greatest performance. At least it had nothing to do with cake. Am I right? A very artful crap. A very artful crap. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. All right. So, um, so, uh, We've come to a very exciting time for the show here. Yes. Um, I'm so, so happy to have her here. She is an amazing storyteller and an author and a producer on This American Life. Give it up for Elna Baker, please. Hello. Hello. This was not the song I requested for you, so I'm not it's sure. What was the song happened. you requested? Uh, it was uh, it, it was a different song. I don't remember right was now, it? but it was definitely not that. Was it? What, 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 tell, tell me what it is. It was, uh, was show it, me love. That was show. as in show me love. Oh, you know? that is another show me love. Yeah. By the way, or no, it's bring me love. I'm sorry. <sighs> Verb me love. Anyway, <laughs> I need love. Anyway, we are showing you lots of love. Real quick, before we get into your material, do you have a quick 
pet story oh, you'd I, like to share? Thing, so we're, we're veering from theme with the story I'm telling, but I have so many horrible pet stories. <laughs> you want to cho- choose the worst? Oh, it's a little, it's, do you want, you want to go dark guys? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're going dark. All right. My dad, uh, we left, we had two parakeets. And he watched them the whole week, and we came back, and we were like, where are our parakeets? And we ran downstairs, and one was dead. It was, like, dead in the water dish. No! And uh, my dad was like, oh, no, if only um, if only we could put it in the microwave, it would wake back up. <laughs> why, why? He no. made the joke, and I thought it was real. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, don't tell me. Oh. <laughs> 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 never forget it was like in horror where things hit the you know like the pot yeah, you could you could hear it like popcorn and only it was it, bird like, organs the, anyway were you given the, the task of cleaning that microwave no my my parents were like my mother was so mad at my dad she was like why would you say that how to old a were child? you how old were you Six. Oh, okay. You were, yeah. That so wasn't you didn't your really fault. have an ear for like satire yet. No, no, not at all. <laughs> I'm so sorry that happened to you. It's okay. Well, let's let's bring it around to what to what you would like to share here. It's very so. different. <laughs> so what? Uh, how would you like to to lead into it? Well, so she asked me to do this show, and it was a coincidence because uh, we're doing this story for next week's This American Life, and part of the story has entirely been about me going through, like I went back to my parents' house, to their attic, and I got every journal I'd ever written. So I've spent like the last month reading through all of these journals for this story. Brave soul. <laughs> God, it's, it's so awful to learn about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but great as well, so redeeming. Yes. Uh, so this story we're doing, we're doing a show about the experience of being fat in America, which was inspired. Lindy West wrote this amazing book where she talks a lot about any Lindy West fans out there. She's Woo! incredible. So uh, working with Lindy, we're doing this show. And uh, so part of the story I'm telling is related to that show. And uh, basically, I, um, my weight has fluctuated, but, but I was always chubby. Like as a kid, I was chubby. And then like I used to act in the bathroom. I, uh, before I knew it was like bad to be fat, which is what you're told as a little girl especially, I would squeeze my stomach and I was like, it's a tangerine. <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, it's an orange. And I was like, it's a grapefruit. And then I was like, it's a melon. And then I was like, it's a watermelon. And then I was like, I hate this game. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I, like, I won't give numbers, but like, I, have my, I was over 250 pounds, but I was always big. So that was just my life. Um, and mm-hmm. we do have a video, right? I can, yeah, do you want to show that now? Yeah, show the video. I mean, I feel like okay. the context of this is... Yes. Oh, that's so oh, wait, this, so, is, wait. this is me. I don't even look that. And then the next one, also the next picture. I feel like that is the premise of this picture. Must have been like you look like that bear. <laughs> no way. I mean, so that was me when I was probably about ten. Uh, um, okay. Oh yeah, so now play this the video. video. And uh, like I, I was heavier than this, but this is a video that I have, uh, which you can push play. Yeah. Uh, on my ghost hey, self. I think I was 19 here, and I was hot. Where is this? What's that? Uh, This was in Washington, D.C. over 4th of July. Mm -hmm. I had amazing glasses. (laughs) They're they're pretty, pretty baller. (laughs) 
And then we have a shot of me uh, walking away, which, uh, to be fair, I didn't walk like this. I just got water <laughs> down my pants. Um, so that's, that, that's like, that's what I, uh, I spent, uh, until I was 23, that's what I looked like. That's how I lived in the world. And um, so I lost a lot of weight in a short period, in five and a half months. Um, and it was like I went from one human to another human. And I kept, I think this is, I have five journals from the, that time period over this transition. And I've talked a little bit about this on stage, but actually I never have told this story because uh, I hate it. Like the moral of this story is very depressing. It's very dark. And I didn't want to hurt other people's feelings by talking about it, even though it happened to me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, so... They, uh, they, they're trying to get me to talk about it. So well, that's, uh, we, Phil and I would love to step off and give you the space right, to do this so in the way that you want to do it. I'll just All take right? you through my journal, basically, kind All of right. documents it really well. Let me grab this. Thank you, guys, by the way. All right. I'll make this taller. I've been performing a long time. I've never been good at this. You got some good cleavage, right, guys? <laughs> all right, here we go. Um, all right, so uh, when I was fat, uh, this is just like what life was like, ready? I would walk down the street, and everyone would watch me. And I, I had a roommate in college. She, she looked like a Victoria's Secret model. She was the only other person I knew who people watched as much as they watched me. And I just thought that, I mean, I didn't think it was normal, but people, you would hear them talking or sometimes they would like legit yell shit out at you, like fat bitch, or they <laughs> got one time, I was on the subway platform and a guy passed me, looked me up and down and was like, damn, angrily, like, like he was very angry. You need to lose weight. And then he kept walking on the platform and he would yell back, like, what the fuck is like, who, like, it's, it's not right. It's just not right. And uh, like, it was me. And everyone, I think that was bad, but the worst part was it was rush hour. Everyone was there, and no one would look at me. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> and then I was like, don't cry. The, the, the saddest thing they ever saw will get so much sadder <laughs> if you start to cry. And that was, I think, that, that was this turning point for me. You know, because I, I never had boyfriends. And I kissed a few boys, and each time they'd said, you know, don't tell anyone about this. And it, that was sad. But the, that moment, I went home, and I was like, it's never going to change. It's never going to go away. And it's never going to get easier. So I wrote this thing in my journal, which is whew, hard to read. I have never read this out loud. Yay! Thank you. All right, this is me, 20 years old. Um, I love my inner shell, but I always thought I could live my life like a hermit crab, and someday I'd find this perfect shell, a perfect home for my soul. And I could ditch this ugliness and be happy. But this is my shell, my container, my only chance. And so I gotta learn to love it, to love my body, to love my fat. And so I did that. As improbable as that sounds, like I just said, 
well, if they're never going to love me, I got to try to love myself. And so for the next two years, it still happened. Everywhere I went, people looked at me or they said shit. But it was this magical thing where it didn't matter as much, right? Because I didn't hear it. Or I just, I heard it. I just didn't hear it the same way. And then, uh, when I was 22, we went on a family trip to this amusement park that had all these, it was like an old-timey, built in the 1920s before they had rides. Um, and uh, it, they were, it was a, a very long corridor of all these funhouse mirrors. So I was going down this long line of funhouse mirrors, you know, where it's like giraffe neck and then like mushroom body. And uh, I stopped in front of a mirror that made me proportionally thin. Uh, and I, I laughed. Because it was so improbable. Like, this mirror that was supposed to distort me made me look like a thin woman. And uh, I waited for my family to leave. And then I got close to it. Like, it would go away. And I just started, like, playing. I was like, what does the thin me look like? Profile. Hair flip. Oh, yeah. What do you... Oh, I know. <laughs> like, I just played for 20 minutes in front of this mirror. Like, because I didn't want to leave. And then when it was time to go, I, I held my hand up against it, and it was like big on one side and thin on the other. And I, I knew, I knew I was contradicting everything I had. Like I'd figured out how to love myself in spite of what everyone said, and yet I still longed for it. I longed to be that person, and so I made a wish, literally. <laughs> I was like, I wish it could be her. And then a week later, I enrolled in a weight loss clinic, and uh, I was put on a strict diet and exercise regimen, and I was given uh, fentramine, which is a member of the amphetamine family, uh, also known as Speed. And uh, I was Mormon at the time, so yeah, I had no idea what that was. I, did, I had no idea that a substance could alter your state of being. And so I started my prayer with, I mean, I started my diet with a prayer. And uh, the prayer was for grace, which is something you grow up learning. Jesus' grace will, will give you a strength you don't normally have. And so I prayed for the strength to fast for 40 days and 40 nights like Jesus had. I prayed not to eat, basically. <laughs> uh, and uh, I asked that God would give me that same willpower. And then I took my first pill. And... Um, <laughs> I really promised. I hadn't. I mean, I'd never even tried coffee at that point. So, this is from my journal. So, I'm doing it. I'm taking control over my body. In the last month and ten days, I have lost thirty pounds. I cannot deny Heavenly Father's role in this whole process. I am receiving divine help. I basically, this is the best line ever, I basically feel like I am possessed by an alien. My newfound willpower is pretty strong. My success is, capital, his. Now I just have to keep going. Uh, so as I lost weight, uh, more and more and more weight, the world started to change around me. And I was noticing it, and I, and I was startled. Like, I would pass, uh, when I passed attractive men and women, they would do this thing. They would look me up and down, and then they would nod. And I was like, what? 
Attractive people nod at each other? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why do they do that? And then men started to notice me, and I, I wrote, I didn't understand why yet, so I just wrote, and I was like, um, I must be looking at men funny lately, because I get stopped by men who want to introduce themselves, like, once a day. I'm on the two train, and there are two, underline, two men currently seeking my attention. This is ridiculous! What the hell is going on? <laughs> um... And uh, so I'd never been on a date before. And I somehow got in my head like, well, oh, what if somebody asked me out on a date? And they were like, well, what should we do? I wouldn't know what to say. So luckily, I made a brainstorming list in my journal <laughs> for this very situation. Date ideas. I want to look at the skyline from a tall building and list all the things I've ever wanted to accomplish. <laughs> Terrible date. It'd be like being held hostage. Um, and then I want to, and then I want to. Um, <laughs> idea number two go to the major subway stations on a busy day and listen to street musicians. <laughs> like limiting to what I, I'm like, take the train. We could take the train. <laughs> um, so then. And this is, I, we probably could never use this on the show because it's so offensive, but really, after, so after I'd lost like 60 pounds, I walked down the street and it was like a racial breakdown. I would walk down the street, black dudes noticed me. I walked 10 more pounds, Hispanic guys noticed me. 20 more pounds, white guys noticed me. And Asian guys have never noticed me. <laughs> I have never been thin enough for Asian men. <laughs> Um, so, uh, once I hit my goal weight, it was like my world exploded, right? I, I, so I used to only ever, I was like a size 24-ish, so I, I could only shop at Lane Bryant. And there were two, one in Harlem Flatbush, so it'd take an hour. To, it was like going on a field trip to get clothes. And all of a sudden, I could shop anywhere. And it was like the whole city was, it was like a landmine. I was like, I could, I could shop here and here and here and here. And, uh... Also, men, all of a sudden, I start, so uh, do you have that, uh, so I know that I kissed uh, 16 guys in eight weeks, which I know, because I made, I made a map, I made a map of the city, I called it Man, capital Man, Manhattan, go to the bottom, you'll see it, it's so embarrassing, Manhattan, the big city! And then I, I don't know why, I geolocated each, I guess so I could understand the best route to walk home if I wanted to be kissed. Um, so, um, you can borrow <laughs> Well, actually, so if you look at the thing, I lived on 12th Street, and so the best route is 14th Street home, I realized. But then it just proves like uh, getting kissed is like getting in a car wreck. Like, it happens closer to your home, guys. <laughs> so I really wanted to believe uh, that this is that this was real, right? But I also felt like I—I I, I mean, even the fact that I had to list each single thing that happened was like, I thought it was all going to go away because it happened so fast. It felt like a wish, and so uh, I uh, totally dove in uh, 
This is what I call the crazy section of my journal. Uh, this next passage uh, is called Beauty is Sacrifice. Uh, I don't know if I wrote this or if a uh, robot made by Condé Nast wrote it, but... Um, <laughs> Looking in the mirror today, I realized that beauty is sacrifice. When I want bread or some chocolate, but I want to diet more and I make that sacrifice, my beauty grows. When I see an opportunity to sacrifice, <laughs> sacrifice, is sacrifice just means when I see it, not eat. When I, <laughs> when I see an opportunity to sacrifice and I don't take it, it diminishes my beauty. <laughs> oh, get the alien out of me. Uh, and then, uh, okay, this, uh, I almost, I wasn't gonna read, but my husband says it's the funniest, most horrible. It, this is awful, ready? <laughs> Uh, so this is probably the worst thing I wrote. And uh, if you liked me before, please hold on to that memory. Uh, so I was dating guys, I was meeting guys. I, I, this thing that had always been so impossible was suddenly happening, and then I wrote this. <clears throat> so I've learned a whole new lesson. I never knew before I was thin. I hurt men. <laughs> and it doesn't feel good. I went to a party on Friday and three guys who used to know me when I was full-sized, well, they were there. And as the evening progressed, well, they fell all over themselves for me. And as they drank more, well, they were progressively driven mad by my very presence. <laughs> it was awkward and embarrassing. I felt like saying a simple hello was furthering their heartbreak. My older sister used to complain about all the boys who liked her and how awful it felt to tell them to go away, or worse, to consider them, realize you're wrong, and then tell them to go away. And I used to say, cry me a river, oh, so many boys love you, tragedy. But it is an awful feeling to have men look at you and become sad because they know they can't have you. You are hurting their feelings, and it is not your fault. And that is so weird. <laughs> terrible but I do think I was learning about the I only knew how to please people so the issue of consent was very confusing to me because I couldn't constantly consent also I was Mormon so I literally could not consent um, so then uh, as this so it's like the, this sort of beautiful everything's happening feeling I wanted to believe it but then all of this other crazy shit it was like I became a spy and I got let in like a, so I got a job I was a page at Letterman and my job was to do to check audience members in and then divide them uh, into the, the dots is what we called the beautiful people. They sat in the first three rows. And uh, fat people, we had to write on their ticket a certain thing and they got sat in the very, very back. And uh, I had been to that show two years earlier, gotten there early, and I had been sat in the very last seat in the balcony. And I, I would never have figured out why. I remember thinking that was really weird. But I, I didn't know that the world was that fucked up. And so it was sad, it was difficult. Or like I started dating a guy who lived in my building and he told me a few, few months into dating, he was like, I knew I liked you from the moment I met you. And he meant the barbecue that we, meant, we met at a few months earlier, but I'd met him two, three years earlier. I borrowed, borrowed a hammer and when I brought it back, we talked for like a while. And it just, this notion that None of this could have been real before. 
I felt like the person I was before deserved it more. And then I started missing that. I didn't know that when I changed, I would lose parts of my personality, like my favorite parts. I just thought I could change. Uh, so then, in, in lamenting my old self, I think the thing I missed the most was I was like funnier, goofier, more carefree. So uh, I decide that I'm not funny anymore, and I get the very bad idea to try to write a stand-up comedy routine about weight loss. <laughs> yes, so this is, uh, first of all, I preface this with, I know that this is very bad. <laughs> and uh, so I was wondering, can I perform as if I'm a stand-up at a club? <laughs> all right, this is my horrible stand-up routine. Here we are. <clears throat> hey, guys. <laughs> How's everybody doing? So I just lost 100 pounds in a, in a, in a British game of blackjack. Wait, that's funny. I spell wait, W-E-I-G-H-T. There's a lot of wordplay, prepare yourselves. What's the difference between being fat and thin? Well, my black book will tell you you know, because we all keep black books. Um, uh, my black book will tell you the old numbers I used to have, Tony, Romas, Chucky, Cheese, <laughs> Dr. Phil, uh, the new numbers I have, Jim's number, the, the number for the gym, because I, I just go to the gym. I used to read tips on how to do your hair, makeup, the complimentary colors for you. But once I started losing weight, I could be in sweatpants and people would say I'd never look more beautiful. So the real trick to beauty is not primping and accessorizing. It's becoming more and more emaciated. It's too bad I have ribs or I could get real skinny. Cher removed her ribs. Do you believe in life after ribs, after ribs, after ribs? <laughs> Sometimes I wish I was in Africa. Then I'd have it easy. Starving. I know, you're like, does she go? I go there, guys. <laughs> I go there. I hate carrying too much stuff, so it's super convenient that my lunch is a little blue pill. <laughs> speed. I ate speed. Uh, uh, I'm so covered in stretch marks, I feel like my body is a road map that leads back to F-A-T, fat, population no more. Oh. Um, uh, keep in mind this next one, I was Mormon, here we go. <clears throat> I'm a spitter. If I chew something and it's not worth the calories and taste, I spit it out, which I guess answers the theoretical do you spit or swallow question. Which was entirely theoretical. I really had, I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> swallow what? I learned, I learned. Um, uh, and then the last one. Uh, I used to think about someday becoming a mother. Now I think of a baby as some giant chocolate Easter egg growing inside of me, pulling me back to the dark side of eating cookie dough and chocolate fudge sauce, just waiting to tear through my vagina, be born, and then make me hide candy in the backyard for it to search for on holidays. All the while, I'm trying to talk myself out of eating it. Uh, I think I mean the candy, not my own child. <laughs> Though if that baby is made of chocolate, she don't stand a chance. Um, also, that's not a joke, it's just a very dark observation. <laughs> 
so in, weirdly in going back through all these journals, um, it's like brought me to this realization that I'm really happy I learned because uh, you think that, you think, so I've been, it's been 12 years since I lost weight and I've been able to keep the weight off. I fluctuate 15 to 20 pounds here or there, but I've been able to keep it off for 12 years. Uh, but I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a wish. You know, you got the wish and then you got to have it. And I didn't know that I would have to dedicate a part of my brain to it for the rest of my life. And uh, I, I mean, I, and the, the, the piece we're doing will go into this more. So I want to give you a little of this so we don't just end on such a depressing moral. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I didn't know that when you lost weight, you have tons of extra skin. I had, um, I've had four reconstructive surgeries to remove skin. Uh, I have had to be on diet pills for about 12 years. I don't take them all the time. I take them half the time. Uh, I have a t-shirt that says, I'm allergic to mornings. <laughs> so my friends all know I have a hard time sleeping at night, but they don't know. The reason is uh, I'm allergic to speed, <laughs> um, <laughs> not mornings. Uh, and reading all this, reading the stuff I wrote before when I was heavy and the stuff I wrote during this transition, I feel like I know now what it's like to be on either side of that mirror. And I wanna look back at that girl looking in the mirror and I wanna say like, it's not what you think it is. Like I think as women, we are so told to be beautiful. And I had this idea of it. I don't even know where I got it from, but it's like a woman and her hair's blowing and there's like a field of grain and she's looking that way and then she's like in some sort of denim. And I wanted, I thought that if I could be her, I would be free of all hate and judgment because I would be so good and I would look so good that no one would think to think bad things about me or say these things about me. But um, I, I feel like I wanted the wrong thing because when I, when I got there, I got the idea of acceptance, but acceptance sucks. I could never wash away the knowledge of how they used to treat me. And I also had to keep doing so many awful things to be accepted when really what the picture promised and what I wanted was to be free. And I think that I was closer to that when I was standing at the precipice of that mirror and I didn't care what other people thought of me. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. And um, real quick, because we have to we have to turn it around for another show coming in. But um, I identify so much with that stuff. And um, I'm sorry, Phil, to leave you out of this. But that's um, okay. Um, I was uh, super anorexic when I was um, senior in high school, freshman in college, and I did like I took ephedra, self-diagnosed, and I ran for an hour and a half every day, and I got down to 79 pounds, and I had that experience of going into a dressing room and getting to try on whatever I wanted and it all looked good. Um, and I remember walking down the street, I went to Maine on vacation with my family and I remember walking down the street in the center of town and like boys were looking at me, like they were, they were looking at me and nobody had ever paid attention to me in my life. And so I know what that conflict is of like, oh, it feels really good to get this compliment, but like how real is it? You yeah, know? I feel like that's been uh, the hardest 
I, it's, so I just got married a month ago. Congrats. Then, but then, the sad, so then in the process of writing the story, I even said in a conversation with my husband, which I was coincidentally recording for a totally different reason, I was like, I mean, you wouldn't have even gone out with me before. And he was like, yeah, you're right. And I was like, oh, fuck. It's devastating. Yeah. It's devastating, but I, I'm, I don't think it's his fault, and I'm grateful that he was honest with me. But I just feel like... Uh, I think the other thing is that I thought that uh, there was some reason that, so I, I, when I was fat, I uh, was, I took everything so personally, and I thought that there was some reason that the beautiful people had these things, and I kept trying to like figure out what was that, what was that reason, mm -hmm. and what was wrong with me, and maybe I could fix it so I could have these things, and then the, the I don't want to send that message to people with this story, so the thing, though, that I do feel like I learned was that they don't have them for any reason. It was always free for them. They didn't do anything. They didn't earn it. It's just there. And I will say, though, that there are a lot of beautiful people in the world who do not have those things. And there are a lot of beautiful people in the world who are not happy at all. And having been like having gone to that place where I was, quote unquote, beautiful by society standards, I was miserable. I was starving. I was mean all the time, you know. And now, like, I'm happy to be in this wonderful relationship with Phil. And I'm at a, hey, uh, I, you know, I'm my regular Zoftig self and he likes it. So, you know, I think that physical beauty might let in the door for people to look at you who wouldn't otherwise look at you, but then they'll make their decision very quickly if there is something uh, of worth underneath that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So, um, I have, oh yeah, that's okay. You can clap. Yeah, do it. Um, so I'm, I have a, a gift for you. Um, uh, and this is super weird. I don't know why my friends and I used to do this, but uh, we would make potions. And by potions, I mean oh, like yeah. we would fill a bottle with water and like paint or food coloring. So don't drink this. This hasn't been uncapped since probably fifth grade. Um, there's actually some gross like grime or mold growing in the wash. No, <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Um, but you know, maybe because um, uh, it's pretty, but it, it's probably poison. But like so. a skull and crossbones <laughs> on it. What? And I skull and crossbones would do. Yeah, it works with right. the notion yeah. of a wish. I it does. Perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing Thank this. You guys. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my God! Amazing. Alma Baker, you guys. So. Well, um, she mentioned something about hermit crabs, and that reminded me of one more horrible pet story I had a hermit crab for five years and uh, I kept presenting him shells and he died in his first shell he got so big and just crawled into his shell one day I was like I don't want to do this anymore wait are you saying story. <laughs> and on that exciting I, I, was, I was fat in school No one, I didn't have any friends <laughs> I didn't have any friends literally Fourth to eighth grade. It was like the first ten minutes of saving Private Ryan. How can you how can you get sniped because you you're shaped a little bit differently? Well listen, we found each other and That's if either true. one of us was 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 skinny in the way that we wanted to be, we wouldn't get to go to uh Sarge's Deli at two in the morning Seriously, and eat giant sandwiches, which is a really best. important part of life. It's the best. So like, um absolutely. Yeah. So um 
We have come to the end of this episode of The Bitch Seat. I want to thank Kent Wilhelm for doing all of the tech. He's incredible. Giancarlo Saban is taking fake pictures. Yeah. Chelsea Condren is live tweeting. And uh, thanks to our guests, uh, Peggy O'Leary, Micah Fox, Elna Baker, and of course, Rebecca Vigil and Dan Wright. Yes, also and, um, Lenore for being a good sport. Lenore for being a good sport. And uh, we are back here first Sundays uh, at 8 p.m. moving forward. So uh, come and see us. Check out the bitchseatpodcast.com for your weekly fix. Thank you so much, you guys. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Hello, I'm Ben. As always, I'm Paul. And we're from Juicy Reviews. We have a podcast where we like to talk and review movies, maybe bring on a wacky character from that movie, and always play some games. We like some games. I actually brought a clip, Paul. Wait, you brought a clip? I brought a clip. Can I listen? Yeah. I look mad young, right? Yeah, yeah. you look young in the movie. And, uh, I hooked up with a bunch of the young chicks at the movie. Oh, you know what? You know what? It's not illegal if you're a police officer. And, and, I believe that, And this yeah. is something I wanted to bring up since you're here. Sure. Tell us about all the hookups on set. Oh, my God. Who's Un- hooking up with who? Yeah. So, all right. So, like, there's, like, these, like, Asian girls in the movie. Right. They play, I, the twins, right? I triple kissed them. Okay, um, a little triple kiss. Triple that way you didn't get confused if it was Rachel or Rebecca. Yeah, 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 exactly. I was like, oh, whatever, and I triple kissed them. Was, was that offset or on camera, or, and they got cut out maybe? Or Oh, uh, I didn't do it on camera for sure. Okay. I would never, because, you know what I mean, That's I could get in a lot of trouble for that. I don't, I don't know how old they are. I could never tell with them. But uh, who else? Let me see. Cecily, the girl. Yeah, I chalk, Cecily I, I chalked her. You chalked her? What, <laughs> I chalked what is, her. What is chalking? That's when you kind of forcibly kiss someone. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!